Welcome to So Now What, a bi-weekly podcast of the ARRL, the National Association for Amateur Radio. Join hosts Michelle Patnode, W3MVP, and Joe Karsha, NJ1Q, as they offer information, support, and encouragement for those starting their journey into the world of amateur radio. So Now What is brought to you by LDG Electronics. LDG Electronics provides state-of-the-art automatic antenna tuners and related products for every amateur need. Check them out at ldgelectronics.com. Asking questions. That's how you get the advice and insight you need to go from a new license holder to ham radio veteran. And the first question is, so now what? Hey, podcast listeners. I'm Michelle Patno, W3MVP. Thanks for joining us for So Now What? a podcast for people who are relatively new to amateur radio and who are excited and curious to discover all that it has to offer. Hi there, Michelle. Hey, everybody. I'm Joe Karsha, NJ1Q, and we're back. We're back. It's been a while. Woohoo! Yay! On this episode of So Now What? We're going to talk about the new operating modes that are available to new hams. Yes, there are all kinds of exciting new computer-related communication modes that have been developed in the past few years, and they're having an amazing impact on amateur radio communication. Now, some of you are probably saying, well, what is it possibly? For example, everyone is familiar with Morse code or CW, sideband, FM, and AM, and to kind of a lesser extent, RTTY, radio teletype, and they're probably heard of Amtor and ASCII and PACTOR and PAC and stuff like that, but you've probably heard about the old FT8. That's that's the latest and greatest, and to some extent FT4. We have to mention that because FT4 is on the horizon there. But along with FT8, you do have PSK31. You have such modes like what we use at W1EW as part of our bulletins is MFSK16. You have Olivia and the varying different tones with that. And if you remember, Michelle, when we were discussing this, we were talking about Feldhell, a fuzzy mode, which we, we won't talk about that here, but if you ever get a chance to play with it, it's kind of a cool mode because you see fuzzy letters. Oh, that's right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of cool. And we don't promote anything here, uh, for example, the, the software or whatever, but at W1AW, for both visitor operations and for our transmissions, we use FL Digi, which is a cool program, and that lets you generate all these modes, uh, including CW and so on and so forth, and not FT8, but MFSK16 and Feldheld and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and then we also have DMR and DSTAR. Yeah, those are the digital modes that uh, really rely on the Internet to work, but the cool thing with those is that you need the Internet to communicate back and forth. Generally, I'm sure someone would probably say, well, not necessarily. And yes, generally, there are some instances where you wouldn't necessarily need the Internet. But generally, if you want some long-distance communications, and by that, I mean us here in Newington talking to hams in, say, Australia, we'd probably want to use the Internet <laughs> with oh, DMR <yeah. laughs> and, and uh, DSTAR for that. Um, but what's kind of interesting about those is if they're not quite tuned in or you have a little bit of latency with the internet connection and so on you get that wonderful little weird sound to the audio and it's kind of cool maybe a little haunting but it's kind of cool but it does sound weird it can sound weird 
kind of like a Star Wars or Alien vibe kind of yes, tone. Yes, exactly. Yes. If, if the connection isn't perfect, it's, it's only ones and zeros, it's not halves, you can have some really odd sounding audio at times. So to use these digital modes, you could use any operating system, really. Linux, Windows, Mac. You can even remote it on your smartphone or tablet device. And most of the new ham radios today are adapted easily to this. Because these radios, as long as they run a sideband, kind of specifically upper sideband, all you need is some interface. You can homebrew the interface. You can purchase it commercially. I always like homebrewing the stuff. But that's me because I'm strange. But for those who are a little leery about homebrewing their own stuff, you can. there's a number of manufacturers out there that produce these interfaces. Because essentially, you're just interfacing the audio for transmit and receive and the PTT. At a minimum, that's all you really need. Now, if you're thinking of homebrewing, you're probably saying to yourself, oh, I'd love to do that, but well, what do I need? Well... We talk about this in our publications and QST, in the Errol Handbook. There's stuff online about it. But at a minimum, if you're thinking, well, how can I do this? You're essentially looking for some isolation, probably a simple isolation transformer between the line in and line out of your computer. And that would go into the audio in and audio out of your radio. And, of course, some PTT keying, something that's going to actually key the transmitter. Now, the cool thing with all these digital programs like FL Digi and the other ones, again, we're, we're not promoting FL Digi, just that's the one that um, we use at W1W and it seems to work well. You can tell it to key your radio through a serial port. And you're, I, I can hear them now. They're going, but there's no such thing as serial ports anymore. Well, true, but um, generally a lot of these programs, unless there is a USB component to them, say, I have a serial port to key. So you want to have some form of interfacing between, say, a USB and the serial port. And that can all be configured in the software. For you. So you got to look into the software to see how they do it. And that's pretty much it. Your audio in and out and your PTT keying. Now, if you really want to be creative and you want to run FSK, true FSK, or radio teletype, as it's uh, lovingly called, and CW, if you want the computer to, to key for CW, you can build interfacing as well. And a lot of the programs out there today allow for CW keying. They allow for radio teletype keying. So it's really whatever you want to do. But at a minimum, you can build these things. You can just whip these interfaces out and have them talk to your, to your radio. I mean, Joe homebrews all the time. He created this really cool thing from a Raspberry Pi, and he calls it the Pi Top, and you may have seen it on social media. There have been photos. Yes, my Pi Top. And you're probably asking, well, why is it called the Pi Top? Well, I'm glad you asked why it's called the Pi Top. It's called the Pi Top. <laughs> this is a very long explanation. It's called a Pi Top because it uses the screen from an old defunct laptop. The hard drive crashed, the motherboard just gave up the ghost, but the screen was still good, and it's a nice, pretty big screen. Now, sure, you can go out and buy a screen for the Raspberry Pis, and they're really cool. They're touch screens, and it's like, yeah, that's awesome, but you know what? I, I want a nice big screen, and I had this big 
15 and a half inch screen from my old defunct laptop. And so I gutted the laptop and went on Amazon and found a driver board for that screen. And it has an HDMI input on it. It's got a VGA and it's even got a composite input on this video driver. So it's really cool. As Michelle said, you probably saw it on social media. It's, it's kind of put on a piece of aluminum and the screen's there and the Raspberry Pi and the video board is in the back. Uh, it's a Pi 3, so it's got its own Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. So I bought a wireless keyboard and mouse for it and I plug it all together in and now I can just sit back there and now I have my little pie top that I call it. It's awesome. It it's, really is. It's, it's really cute. And it's to kind of go along with that ham spirit of building stuff. Yes, I could have gone out and just, you know, got the screen, plugged it in, and it would have been great. But it's kind of cool it's, it's to show that off. And I will put that on display at the station. And it's it's a Raspberry, so I'm right now I'm using Stretch, which is the Raspbian version of Stretch. And for oh. those of you who... <laughs> Um, no raspberries, you know that a lot of the operating systems are named after characters from a toy story. There's Stretch, Jesse, and it's, it's, what is it? What is that? Paying homage to it? It's so sweet. Cause yeah. I, I cause, well, Jesus, why is it called raspberry? And I mean, I know why it's called raspberry. Why is it called Jesse? And then and stretch. Why is it called stretch? And then you do a little bit of Google search. Why is this? And then it says, oh, it's named after characters. Like, that was sweet. Ooh, so, now I bet if there's new characters in Toy Story 4 and the next pies that come out, <laughs> exactly. you guys know what names to look out for. Spork. Who knows? I mean, <laughs> so with the stretch software, I can run WSJTX, which lets me do all the JT modes, FT8, Whisper frequency analysis that all runs on the Raspberry Pi. I also run FL Digi, which is the Linux version, which runs beautifully on the Pi. And so when I run demonstrations with it, I'm actually running FL Digi and I have that hooked up to a radio someplace and I'm decoding PSK31 or CW and it's being displayed on this little Pi top. And that's it, awesome. I know it's I think when visitors come in there and they see it, we are showing how the new technology is being married up to the slightly older technology and we're using it and it's functional. And you can take this out into the field if you need to, if you had a, like a portable power supply for it. And instead of bringing out a whole bunch of stuff, you got your little Raspberry Pi top, as I'd like to call it. So. Oh, well, it's awesome, too. Like you said, you could have just went out and bought it, but you took something from something that was already broken and you made something new out of it. Exactly. And that's, you could do ham radio with you it. You could do ham radio with it. And that's that that spirit, the, the one we always encourage folks to look outside the box a little bit and think, I got all this busticated stuff, but I can build this together and I have my Raspberry Pi or I have my Arduino. Don't want to forget that. Those of you in the audience know that there's other styles of raspberries coming out. There's the, the orange and the blueberry. There's all these new, very teeny tiny types of computers that are coming out there. And we don't want to get really into it because 
There's a lot of this stuff out there. I like the pie, but other people might say, no, I like my orange or I like my blueberry. And that's cool too. It's, are you adapting it for amateur radio use? We're talking about modes here. And for the most part, with the possible exception of the purely voice modes like sideband or AM or FM, you can do all the digital stuff, including CW, with these little devices, these these cute little mini microcomputers that sell for like $35. And you get to experiment and you get to see how well these things perform. And it keeps that spirit alive with an amateur radio. It keeps that experimentation alive. It keeps hands on the, the cutting technology in there instead of going back and just saying, I'm just going to sit in front of a radio, which is cool if that's all you want to do. But If you homebrew any project and try out any mode, send us a photo, send us a video, and be sure to tag us at AWRL and hashtag Sonawa. We'd love to see your projects. And if you're not on social media, email us at Sonawa at AWRL.org. Yes, Michelle, because they're sharing their ideas with other ham radio operators out there. And especially for all you new hams out there that you've got these ideas, you're probably thinking to yourself, eh, I don't know. But you know what? Why not? Why not see how it may be received by the amateur community? You can be coming on to something that's brand spanking new, something that wasn't even thought of before. So True. I agree. If you come up with something and it's a new form of communications, let's look at the JT modes. These were not around 10, 12 years ago, heck, even eight years ago. They, these were in an infancy, and here they are now. They are a common part of amateur radio. So you could be the next person developing that new mode. And Ooh, that's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> if you just send it to us, let us know. We can post it, put it on social media. Absolutely. And if you build something, oh, yeah, let us know. It doesn't hurt to send the picture. These modes can also be done mobile or portable. So as long as you have your phone, tablet, or a laptop with you, this can be done. You can go outside on field day. You can travel. You can join your club. Yes, and we always encourage folks to join their clubs to do this sort of thing. You can operate from your car. That's right. You can operate from your car. In field day, even though it's now passed, field day, there was the mobile. But yes, if people that were operating in field day, if they wanted to run some of these digital modes, and a lot of it, as I saw during field day, was FT8. It was awesome. quick. And you were able to make the contacts because that is the point. Kind of, sort of, field day is to make contacts, even though it's not a contest. But there was a lot of FT8 activity. Uh, I can see in the exchanges that there was one or two portable stations. It was one or two mobile because of the exchange. So we knew hams were doing this in mobile settings. All you need is your laptop, a sound interface, and your radio, and you are good to go. But for people that do, like SOTA, the Summit on the Air events, or even the U.S. Islands on the air events, they're also running these modes portable. So for those who think, well, I can't do it unless I'm stuck in my house, sitting in front of my computer and my radio, it's like, no, you can do this stuff outside, and it's actually a lot of fun. Imagine you're set up like in a park or something. You're doing a soda event, or you just decided, you know what, it's a nice day. I want to go up and throw an antenna in a tree and run some FT8 or maybe run some PSK31. Do it. It's a lot of fun. And now a word from our sponsor. 
LDG Electronics provides state-of-the-art antenna tuners for every amateur need. From QRP to QRO, fixed stations, portable and remote, an LDG tuner will match your radio to your antenna using our lightning-fast, proprietary tuning algorithms. LDG is a family-owned and operated company dedicated to bringing innovative, quality products to the amateur market. All LDG products carry a full two-year warranty that is fully transferable. Support is only a phone call or email away. We're always here to help you. Visit us on the web at ldgelectronics.com. Welcome back to So Now What? Now, to decide on which modes to use, that'll depend on what you're doing with ham radio, whether it's for hobby use, public service, contesting, or anything else. You're spot on, Michelle. For example, if you happen to be participating in, say, a marathon in your town, you wouldn't necessarily be operating on HF. You'd probably be using just FM either through a repeater or simplex. But if you're operating in a contest, you can be using, say, all CW. It could be a CW contest or all phone. Or in some cases like, say, IRU, the HF Championship, which comes up in July, actually a few weeks from now, you can be using both modes. So it really does depend on what you happen to be doing at the time. But general work, like if you just want to set up someplace, sure, any mode, any mode that's allocated to ham radio operators, you can use. So if there's a mode that you haven't tried yet and your privileges allow, try it. Give Why it not? a shot. What do you got to lose? Nothing. Oh, but you have everything to gain. You can have a lot of fun there. There you go. Thanks to everyone for listening to So Now What? So Now What? And like Dory said, just keep swimming. Just, just keep, keep swimming. swimming. Just, just keep, keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Until next time on So Now What? 73. So Now What? is a production of the ARRL, the National Association for Amateur Radio, and is sponsored by LDG Electronics. LDG Electronics provides state-of-the-art automatic antenna tuners and related products for every amateur need. Check them out at ldgelectronics.com. For more information on amateur radio or the ARRL, visit us on the web at www.arrl.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn by searching for ARRL. If you have a question or comment for Joe or Michelle, email us at sonowwhat at awrl.org or use the form on our website, www.arrl.org forward slash sonowwhat. This program is copyright of the ARRL and any unauthorized redistribution or rebroadcast is prohibited. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe to So Now What at Blueberry.com, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Sabrina Jackson, KC1JMW, Administrative Manager of Radio Sport at the ARRL. Thanks for listening.